Welcome to the Aligned Women Podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman. We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Dr. Shauna and I are back with you for a brand new episode of the Aligned Women podcast today. Shauna, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm good and I'm excited to be talking with you about today's topic. We are going to be talking about some questions that we saw come up recently in the Mama Chiropractors Facebook group. And by the way, if you're not a member of Mama Chiropractors, it's an awesome um, secret Facebook group, secret as in not everyone gets to join us <laughs> and a couple of other things that make it secrets as well, uh, where we have real conversations about what it's like to be a mom and a chiropractor and lots of other things that are applicable for us as well. So if you'd like to join us, head over to brace yourself for this alignwomen.com forward slash mama chiropractors. There will be a form there that will ask you to fill out. And some of the information that you'll be asked to share with us might seem like we're asking for your social security number. And in a sense, we kind of are, we want to make sure that we keep the group a safe and supportive place. So if you're willing to share with us some of the information that we ask from you, then we'd be happy to invite you to join us there and get to know more about you and your practice. All right. So that being said, a couple of these questions that came up recently in the group were different, but similar. Um, one was from a woman who is asking, can you have a part-time practice, not accept medical insurance and make money to bring home to your family? And the other was similar again, but different. She is a single homeschooling mom who has been out of practice for a while. She wants to get back into practice and start earning some income for her family. And she's wondering if she can really make a profit in her business within the first two years. So this is what we're going to be talking about today. Essentially, can you have a part-time practice and make a profit? Yeah, for sure. And a podcast. Right. That's exactly. The answer (laughs) is yes. Yes, you can. For a lot of reasons. Yes, you can. One of the things that is absolutely fantastic about chiropractic is that we can have a part-time practice and work it around our families. And, you know, when I first became a chiropractic patient back in, I think it was like 1991, my very first chiropractor was this amazing woman, Dr. Angelica Coeth in Milton, Ontario, Canada. And she worked three days a week. She was a pediatric and pregnancy specialist And she worked her practice around her kids and she had an awesome booming practice, but it was in her home, sort of in the, the, I don't want to say the basement of her home, but it was kind of in the basement and her kids were sort of, they were accessible to her. And she really showed me what it was like to be a woman chiropractor. And at that time I wanted to be a medical doctor with all my heart. I mean, I truly had worked my entire life to go to med school And when I saw her and her practice and what she did, and I started talking to other women chiropractors who were like her, I realized, holy smokes, I can have a way better lifestyle as a mom than I ever could as a medical doctor. And so I actually got accepted to med school and to chiropractic college in the same year. And I chose chiropractic college 
strictly because of the lifestyle. So yes, absolutely. You can have a part-time practice and be wildly profitable as long as you follow smart business principles. I just learned something about you that I did not know. What's that? That, that you that I was to born school. before 1991? No, that you almost <laughs> went to medical school. I had no mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Wow. So similarly, I chose chiropractic as a profession, not because I'd had a miraculous experience with chiropractic, but because I wanted to be a business owner and I wanted to help people. And with those two things in mind, chiropractic seemed like a a great next step for me. And I've always wanted to have the freedom and the flexibility that came with entrepreneurship. Have I always given it to myself? Absolutely not. Because I had the same mindset of what some of these women have heard about what you have to do in the first few years to, to have a successful business or to bring home money to your family, which was to essentially work all the time, see all the people. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, now looking back, would I do things differently? Yeah, maybe, but I'm also glad that I did things the way that I did so that I could learn from them and be really passionate about how we can do things differently. So my first practice was a higher expense practice. It was in a strip mall setting. Um, I spent money on things I didn't need to be spending money on as a new business owner. And the pressure of the expenses was a lot for me, especially being a new mom at that time as well. And eventually after having a miscarriage and then getting pregnant again, just eight weeks after that miscarriage, I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to, to decide, do I want to be a mom or do I want to be a business owner? Because I didn't see a way that I could do both at that time. So I sold that practice. And then one thing led to another. I started aligned with women. I started helping other women chiropractors with their practices. And then I was like, oh, wait, we really can do this differently. I think I want to practice again. <laughs> and so I started my second practice in 2016 in a much different way than I had started my first. And essentially what I did was I found a spot where I could rent a room and that was very inexpensive. I think my rent was $300 a month. Now I know that's not something that everyone in every area will be able to find, but I'm in a rural part of Missouri. So that was available. I also did seek it out. It took me several months of weighing the options and thinking about it before I committed. And then once I decided, okay, I'm going to go with this spot. I asked for my sixth month of rent for free. If I paid the first five upfront. And so I got my first six months of rent for $1,500 and I had a table and that was it. I just got started. Literally got started like the next day after I said, okay, here we go. I'll sign Uh, I'll sign an agreement with you to rent this room. (laughs) Yeah. So I think you've said two things there that are really important. Well, it's all really important, but there are two key points there that I think is worth really honing in on. The first is that you had some padding there, right? So you were able to put five months of rent up front. It is very hard not to feel like there's a noose around your neck if you have absolutely no padding. So you may need to take a loan coming into it with a certain amount of money where it allows you time to build up. I mean, if you're starting a a practice from scratch, it's going to take time to build up. It just does. So having some kind of padding in there somewhere and being able to know, okay, I've got this many months. So you knew you had five, well, six months covered. 
And then you knew that come month seven, you had to have a certain amount of income from your patients in order to be paying your expenses. So those are numbers you need to know. You need to know what your expenses are going to be. And the second thing you said that I love, 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 and so many people make the mistake of is that we forget that we need a table and our hands. Exactly. Almost that's it, really. You can do posture checks with a very basic structure. You don't need some fancy structure. You don't need an x-ray facility. You do not need a substation. You don't need a lot of the fancy technology that's out there. You don't need 2,400 square feet. You need a room with a table in your hands and a laptop would be a nice bonus, Mm -hmm. but a bonus, right? And if you can start a practice like that and you can really own your message and own the principle of what you do, we have to remember that what people are looking for is hope. If you can communicate hope to your people, you will have people lined up at your doors. And I think that's the biggest thing that we forget. We get so caught up in the science and the chiropractic terminology that we forget. People don't want to hear all that. They want to hear that you can help them. Because to be honest, chiropractic is still for a lot of people, it's still a last resort, right? Most people have been to other places first. So if you can remember, speak value by speaking to their emotion, give them hope and don't got, don't get all caught up in what every other chiropractor is doing. Just rely on your table, your hands, your laptop. And then, you know, if, if you've got money for other bells and whistles, keep it low, right? The, the best feeling is when you only have a few people in your first month, but you can still create a profit because your expenses were that low. And then the idea that I think you're trying to say, Danielle, is you go as you grow, right? So you get to the point where you're busting out of that little space and now you need to take on a bigger space. Or you get to the point where you've got so much money in your profit account that you can afford a substation or a SAM or something like that. Then you buy it. You pay cash for it. You don't lease it. And It just becomes part of your practice that is now paid for. But having that idea of I grow first in my numbers and my income consistently, and then I grow in my physical space or my physical equipment. Yes. So going back to investing in six months of rent upfront, I would have never asked for that if my husband, who's, I would say, more money savvy overall. Maybe, maybe he's just cheaper than I am. <laughs> if he hadn't been asking for we me say to do frugal that. in our house. Frugal. There you go. <laughs> yes. He's more frugal. It's smart. Um, cheap. He was that suggested that I ask for that. And otherwise I wouldn't, because I knew that, you know, um, I could do $300 a month by myself. I calculated that out to be like, um, less than 10 patient visits a month. And I was like, okay, I can do that. That's easy. <sighs> And he said, Hey, if you can get that six months for free, why not? Mm-hmm. We'll invest $15 from our family. And I was like, Oh, okay. I would have never asked for that, but here we go. Let's do it. Yeah. I thought that was um, a brilliant idea. T- I've never thought of that. <laughs> yeah. He tends to think in a, in a longer term perspective than I do. So there was that. Um, something that you mentioned, Shauna, was you know to inspire hope in people and just let them know that you can help. And I actually started doing that before I had a place to practice. While I was thinking about where do I want my second practice to be, knowing that we were moving to a new town, um, 
2017, I started looking for mom's groups on Facebook and just getting to know people there. Mm -hmm. And when they would ask questions that I could help them with, I answered those questions. And sure enough, people started asking me, are you a chiropractor? I was kind of looking at your page and I'm like, I am a chiropractor. Then they would say, can I come see you? And I'm like, well, I don't even have an office yet. But (laughs) at a certain point when I heard that question enough, can I come see you? I was like, you know what? I'll come to you. And I actually had forgotten that I started doing house calls before I committed to that, that room that I rented. Um, so about two weeks of doing house calls, I was like, yeah, I think it's time for me to get that room because I don't really like driving from house to house. Um, it took up more time to do it that way. So yes, then, you know, I was hitting the ground running quickly and I didn't have all that stress hanging over my head of the pressure of meeting high expenses. And I could just focus on helping people and, and um, doing what I loved doing. Yep. Another thing that I felt like was really, really important for me was that I was very clear from the get-go about how much time do I have to give to my practice right now. And I didn't want to give a lot of time to it. I set my office hours on Monday and Thursday from 10 to 2 and on Wednesday from 4 to 7. And I did the best I could as often as possible to not schedule patients outside of those hours. And that also meant because my time was so limited to work in my practice that I wasn't going to participate in medical insurance. And that was just that. I didn't have time to deal with checking benefits. I didn't have time to deal with sending in claims or um, entering EOBs or truthfully waiting to get paid. No, thanks. (laughs) So I did know that that might limit my practice, but truthfully, it really didn't. I still find today that being um, a cash practice, if you will, or a self-paid practice doesn't limit my growth. I'm firm in my belief that medical insurance in the United States is for medical care. And I don't provide medical care. I provide health care. Mm-hmm. And now that I feel really firm in my belief about what I'm providing, it's much more easy for me to to be confident about growing my practice without being in network. If you'd asked me this six years ago or seven years ago, I would have said that being in network was absolutely vital to the growth of my business. Would you agree that being in network, you do not, even for the services you do provide, you do not get paid for the services that you provide. You don't get paid the full (laughs) cost of the services. No, you absolutely don't. No. Yeah. And if you're not getting paid for the services that you actually do provide, you're getting paid a portion of what you're providing. It's expensive to accept insurance because you pretty much have to have a team. Yes. I think it automatically in your mind as a provider degrades your value Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you're already from the get-go expecting to be paid less or to have some kind of haggle or to have to justify the care that you provided to the patient to a third party. And if you can remove that pressure, then so be it. Why not do it? That's my soapbox about (laughs) having a self-paid practice. Before we leave the topic of insurance, this is the most important thing to understand about that. People will always pay for the things that they value. They will pay a lot of money for the things that they value. When you look at the number of people who pay out of pocket to have breast augmentation 
or to have the latest Apple products. Or, I mean, we can all think of things. Lots of people pay out of pocket for their kids' braces. There are lots of things that we pay exorbitant amounts of money for because that service provider or that company has played into our value system. And that's where we need to get much better as chiropractors. As we need to own our value in healthcare. We need to be able to communicate our value and get people owning what we own. But if we don't own it first, they won't own it. And if they don't own it, they're going to be looking for an insurance company to pay for their health care. They will not be willing to open up their wallet and pay cash out of their own pocket for it. But there are lots of people who will. And if it wasn't possible, then there wouldn't be anybody who had successful cash-based practices. But there are. There are lots of people. So if they can do it, you can too. And what you said about how it makes you feel about yourself, that's probably one of the single biggest thing. When you charge a fair fee for something and people pay full value for your service, it, it increases our self-esteem as people and as practitioners tremendously. It's well, it's well worth it. And I think you have to believe in yourself, right? There, there is a belief factor in there. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in what you do. And you also have to provide value. One other point that I feel like is important to talk about while we're on this subject is the idea of profits. Yes. And we've probably all talked about the book Profit First <laughs> um, to a point where it's almost exhausted <laughs> because um, it's been really impactful, though. That's why we've talked about it so much in our Facebook groups and um, in the podcast episodes and things like that. Um, so the question about, can I be profitable within the first two years of my practice is something that is really interesting to me to consider now. And I'm sure Shauna, that you have some ideas on this as well. Reading profit first really changed my perspective about what profit meant Mm -hmm. because in accounting class, when I was like 19 years old, we were taught the standard accounting principles that profit is revenue minus expenses. And it's the bottom line, literally. But the book Profit First teaches us to put profit at the top and make it a first priority. So I can share a little bit about how I looked at profit from my perspective when I started that second practice in 2016. Um, It was, for me, as soon as someone paid me, I took 10% of that and put it into a different account. So... I might be charging $40 for an adjustment and taking $4 and moving it over to my profit account and doing that every time I had a transaction essentially. So I was generating profit from the start. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds really simple, but that's the beauty of it is that it is really simple. It doesn't have to be complicated and we really don't have to wait two years to have a profitable business if we go about things strategically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that idea of the profit comes first and it doesn't have to be a lot. You know, when you think $4 for every adjustment, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but if you deliver a thousand dollars, sorry, a thousand adjustments over the course of a year, that's $4,000 that you've got sitting in an account that you can do whatever you want with. That's fun money. You can take your kids on vacation. You can buy something special. You can invest back in the practice. You can do whatever you want with it because that is literally your money to play with. And then you can adjust the profit percentage. So if you find that 
it can go up. You can just start taking a higher profit percentage, but you're absolutely right, right from the get-go. If you begin with the profit first uh, principles, you can technically be profitable right from the beginning. Uh, you know, I don't, that's not actually true. You can have money in a, pro, in a profit account and not actually be profitable, but you're starting the habit that will create a profitable practice by always making sure that you tuck some away for profit. Yes. That's what I find to be the biggest, most important um, takeaway from the book itself is a change in habits and the change in how we actually manage our money. Yeah. And there's a couple of other things that he focuses on too, that create profit. It's really honing in on that 20% that creates the 80% of income. So being okay with kind of weeding out the people who are a drain on your practice, who aren't paying their bills, who just make you feel exhausted whenever you think about them and focusing on those 20% and how do you garner referrals from that 20% to get more of those people. And then, you know, when the 20% is too many, hone it down to your best 10%. But also he does talk a lot about always looking for ways to trim your expenses. You know, profit is a business principle and we have to remember that we are a business that provides a service, which is healthcare. It's not the other way around. We're not healthcare providers that, oh, by the way, have a business. And I think that's one of the biggest problems. We don't learn that in chiropractic college. We don't really learn very much at all about business. And yet it's the only thing that allows us to open up our doors and serve the people. So we have to be functioning by sound business principles. And we have to remember that we are business people first and foremost. And what we provide in our business is a service that comes from a passion that we have. But that being said, in order to follow sound business principles, you better know your numbers. So if you want to be profitable within the first year or two years of practice, you better know what is capacity? How much are you charging? What is going to be your cost per patient? What is your income per patient? Um, what is your sort of, I don't know what the right terminology is, but we call it kind of a stop loss payment. So if you're going to provide some kind of scholarshiping or discount to somebody, what is the absolute minimum? that you will ever take for any adjustment. You have to know what that number is. And that's based on what your monthly expenses are or what your expense per patient is. So if you know that your expense per patient, just for somebody to walk through the door, it's going to cost you 20 bucks. You better not charge less than 20 bucks for any adjustment that you ever give in the office. And if you do, you have to remember that for every time that person walks in through the door, you're paying them to walk in through your door. You have to see it that way. So knowing your numbers is really important. What is your capacity and how do you get there? And then once you get there, how do you scale from there? So when I first opened my very first practice, I started a, actually I had a much larger space than what I needed, but I was kind of in a pinch and, and had to get started really quickly. So I leased a 1,700 square foot building and I paid $1,800 a month for it, which was way more than I could afford. But I found other practitioners who wanted to come in with me. So right from the beginning, the day I opened my doors, there were three or four of us practicing in there. And um, we just added more practitioners in. So my overhead was actually paid by the other practitioners in the building. And that is a great way if you want to get started, especially if you're part-time, make sure that the space that you're using is covered by other practitioners. You know, Shauna, listening to you talk about the numbers that you must know for your business, 
I realized we really need you to do a how-to for the Aligned Women team membership <laughs> on knowing those numbers because you're so passionate about them. It, it oozes out of you when you're talking about them. Um, so yeah, that's, that's going to be coming up soon <laughs> for team members. Awesome. Okay. Well, why don't we wrap um, up today's call then? Did we answer, did we answer the questions? You know, I think we did. I think that the overall, um, important takeaways are to really be clear on the value of your time to be clear uh, and intentional about who you take advice from mm. and to keep your expenses as low as possible and be, be the CEO of your business. Look at those numbers, know where you stand financially so that you can contribute the most that you can to your family as quickly as possible. And hustle. I mean, it's going to take some hustle. Any new business that starts, you're going to have to get your button gear and every minute that you spend in your business, be focused, know what you need to do and take action. Awesome. Ah, this is an important conversation. I'm glad that we talked about this today, Shauna. All right. So we mentioned the Aligned Women Team membership. If you are interested in having a more structured and uh, focused type of support for growing your business in a way that allows you to honor being a mom and showing up the way that you want to for your family, then check out the details for the Aligned Women Team group coaching membership at alignedwomen.com forward slash join. All right. So that's a wrap for today's episode. And I'm sure that we will have something just as juicy for you next week. Awesome. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on the Aligned Women podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash mama chiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned Women Team group coaching membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women podcast.